Ravens fans, welcome back. This is the Speak Like a Raven podcast. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the top five wide receivers, in my opinion, coming up in this year's NFL draft taking place this April, as well as give you some league updates that have transpired over the week. So let's jump right into it. It's no secret that going into the NFL offseason, the Ravens desperately need to improve their wide receiver room. During coach John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta's end-of-season presser, Ravens general manager DaCosta emphasized the need to address the wide receiver room, saying, We definitely took on some water this year at that position. We'll continue to look at that via free agency and the draft. Our role is really to just find the best guys that fit our situation. Ravens wide receiver room last year was underwhelming, to say the least. With injuries to Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay, Baltimore simply didn't have enough talent on the outsides to make opposing defenses respect their passing game. Now, there are multiple ways the Ravens can go about improving their wide receiver room for the upcoming 2023 NFL season. The trade market could potentially feature guys such as DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, maybe even Mike Evans. The Los Angeles Chargers' Keenan Allen, New York Giants' Kenny Galladay, and the New Orleans Saints' Michael Thomas are all wide receivers that could potentially be cut from their respective teams due to cap salary purposes. However, I think the most likely scenario is that of the Ravens drafting one or two wide receivers in this year's upcoming draft. Now, this class is not as deep as it's been in recent years. There is no slam dunk top wide receiver in this draft. All these guys come with positives and question marks. It just comes down to what you really need in a wide receiver. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to look at the top five wide receivers, in my opinion, in this year's draft class. We're going to look at their strengths, weaknesses, and how they would fit in Baltimore's offense. Now, they aren't in any specific order because I just simply don't know who really stands out as the top guy in this bunch. And my ranking of these guys as it relates to Baltimore could change depending on what the Ravens do as far as the trademark goes. If they went out and traded for a wide receiver like Mike Evans, then my opinion on who I think would be the best fit with Baltimore in the draft could change. Same with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. So with that being said, let's dive into these top wide receiver prospects. The first guy I have on my list is Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Now, if you asked me a year ago who I thought would easily be the first wide receiver off the board come draft night, my answer was definitely Jackson Smith and Jigba. As a sophomore at Ohio State University, Smith and Jigba set the Big Ten record for receiving yards totaling 1,606 yards while helping lead the Buckeyes to the college football playoffs. And just to get a clear picture of how wild that is, Jackson Smith and Jigba was playing alongside two outstanding wide receivers in his sophomore season, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year Garrett Wilson and Chris Olabe, who were both top 15 picks in last year's draft, and he outshined both of them in 2021. For the majority of Jackson Smith and Jigba's college career, he's been durable. He played all 162 snaps as a freshman and had that monster 2021 campaign. This past college football season, however, he dealt with a nagging hamstring injury that he simply couldn't recover from properly. As a result, he did not participate in OSU's college football playoff appearance this past December when they lost in heart in a heartbreaker to the defending champion Georgia Bulldogs. 
While there is slight concern with his health after appearing in just two games in 2022, most football analysts and just common football fans will point to the flashes of brilliance he showed during 2021 to be what we judge him on. Now, from what I've seen of Jackson Smith and Jigba, these are his positives. He is a great route runner, and his separation is arguably the best in the class. He's very smooth and has fluid hips. He's good. He has she's shown good awareness and he's great at finding the open space and zone coverage. He shows the ability to make adjustments to his routes and understands how to read leverage. He's not much of a contested catch wide receiver, but he has shown potential to make those types of catches. He's he caught nine out of 10 contested balls in 2021, and he's good at making things happen after the catch. Now, watching uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba on film it's almost as if when you look at him play, he's always thinking two steps ahead when it comes to yards after catchability. As soon as he catches the ball, his eyes instantly go upfield, looking for avenues to make a guy miss and pick up additional yardage. And another positive was for him playing in the Big Ten, who has a bunch of really good defenses. So he's, he's stacked up against some of the best competition in college football. Now, a negative of his is that he's not he doesn't possess great speed on tape. You can tell that Jackson Smith and Jigba isn't one of those guys that has breakaway speed and is going to beat you in a track race. He doesn't have uh, the explosiveness in his game. Other wide receivers in the draft have. I'm impressed. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he runs at the combine. I'm thinking maybe somewhere between 4.5 and 4.6 is probably what he's going to come in as. His athleticism is lacking, and he played exclusively from the slot in college, and he doesn't have the ideal size to be an outside wide receiver, as he stands at six foot tall, 198 pounds. At the at the next level, he projects to be a slot wide receiver. Now, that's not necessarily a knock to him. Like I said earlier, it depends on what teams want. Do you need a slot wide receiver, or do you want to go for one of these bigger sort of guys that project to be an outside XY receiver. It just all depends, but either way, you're going to get a guy who's going to produce for you on the field. Now, the best game he had on film was the Rose Bowl 2021 versus Utah when he caught 15 balls for 347 yards and three touchdowns. So Jackson Smith in Jigba, he's one of the most complete wide receiver prospects in this draft, and he's going to go very early. Another guy to look at is Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Now, Hyatt just kind of popped up on the scenes this past season. Nobody really knew much about him after only eclipsing just 500 yards in his first two college seasons combined. As the Bolitnikoff Award winner in 2022, recognizing him as the best wide receiver in the country this past season, Jalen Hyatt exploded for 67 receptions. 1,267 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns and one of the most explosive offenses in the nation. He is this year's Jamison Williams, a junior wide receiver who had a hard time getting on the field his first two years in college, but got his opportunity in year three and made the most out of it. Now, Jamison's strong campaign last year led to him being selected 12th overall by the Detroit Lions. Regarding Jalen Hyatt, the biggest compliment I can give him is that speed kills, and he's got a lot of it, which is going to be hard for a lot of teams to pass up on. He's the type of deep field threat 
that opposing defenses in the NFL would have to account for at all times on the field. Like I mentioned for his positives, elite speed and explosiveness, he tracks the ball very well in the air. He has good hands. You'll rarely ever see him catch the ball with his body. In fact, watching his tape, I don't think he ever caught the ball with his body, so he's he's a for sure hands catcher. After the catch, he has the twitchiness and explosiveness to quickly break away from defenders. He's what we would call a home run hitter. Now, for some negatives about him. He doesn't have a great route tree. Tennessee did a good job at using him to his strengths. Most of the time, Tennessee just put him on go routes and told him to just simply outrun everybody because it's nobody in the country that could keep up with his speed. And because defenders feared him getting behind them, most of the time Jalen had a free runway downfield. His route tree needs to be expanded at the next level. And it's also hard to really get a great sense of how he'll translate to the next level because he didn't see a lot of press coverage, which is going to be a rude awakening for him in the NFL. He's not going to get off the line of scrimmage untouched as often as he did at Tennessee. He has a slender build, sort of like a Devontae Smith from Philadelphia, but I will say he uses his length pretty well. And he's also another guy who projects to be in the slot for the majority of time at the professional level. His best game came this past season uh, in a game against the Alabama Crimson Tide where he got six receptions for 207 receiving yards and five touchdowns. The next guy on this list is Jordan Addison from USC. From one Bolitnikoff winner to another, Jordan Addison showed in 2021 and glimpses in 2022 of being the most polished wide receiver in the nation. Addison, who is a Frederick, Maryland native, showed everyone he's the real deal in 2021. With the Pittsburgh Panthers, Addison in 2021 went for 100 receptions, 1,593 receiving yards, and 17 touchdowns while playing alongside Steelers starting quarterback Kenny Pickett. After two very productive seasons in Pittsburgh under head coach Pat Naduzzi, Addison decided it would be best for him to transfer to the West Coast and play under Lincoln Riley at USC for his junior year. Despite playing with the Heisman Award winning quarterback Caleb Williams, Addison did have a regression as far as his numbers go in 2022 campaign. In his lone season at USC, Addison went for 59 receptions, 875 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. By no stretch bad, just not as great as his sophomore season. Now, some positives for Addison. He's a great route runner. He has good ball skills, has big playability, and he uses alterations in the speed to set up defenders and accelerate downfield. So he has he's a pretty smart wide receiver. USC and Pitt used him consistently in the quick pass and screen game. Now, with his smaller frame, it made him elusive and hard to get to the ground. He has good hands. He displays good footwork and awareness to make tough sideline catches. And he he's good at um, yards after catch ability. He fits in almost every offense you can think of. And he also has good stop and go abilities. Now, the negatives about him are that he's not a physical wide receiver. He's good enough, but not, but doesn't possess great speed. And he had his fair share of drop issues during his college career. He had a ninety, he had a nine point five percent career drop rate in college. 
Personal observation for me just watching him on tape, it seemed as if sometimes his activity level wasn't there on plays where the ball wasn't coming his way. And he's also not a great blocker, but he does some he does show effort at blocking. His best he has a couple of best games in my opinion. Personally, I think the best game he had was 2021 versus Virginia. 14 receptions, 202 receiving yards and four touchdowns. But also people can point to the 2022 game versus UCLA when he was with uh the USC Trojans. He had 11 receptions for 178 yards and one touchdown. Now going on to the fourth guy, this is going to be Quentin Johnston from TCU. Now, in my opinion, I think there is no wide receiver in this year's draft class that has a higher ceiling than Quentin Johnston. From a physical standpoint, he provides the measurables you would look for in a true outside X wide receiver. Since joining the Horn Frogs in 2020, Johnston has gradually progressed each season and has improved his production. This culminated in TCU making its first national championship appearance in decades. Johnston is hands down the most athletically gifted wide receiver in this year's draft class, which bodes well for him despite being pretty raw. Some positives about him. The first one is just that, just his overall size, 6'4", 212 pounds. He's very, he has very good speed for a wide receiver of his size. His release packages off the line of scrimmage are excellent, in my opinion. And he's shown the ability to, produ- to produce versus zone coverage and man coverage at times, even though he still needs work at man coverage. He has fluid hips to break in or out of his routes. And with his size and speed, he's a vertical threat downfield. Now, he didn't do much work in the slot. He was mainly an outside guy his entire college career. He has good, amazing after-the-catch abilities, and he averaged 7.7 yards after the catch for his career, with 43 broken tackles on 108 receptions. Now let's get into the downside of Quentin Johnston. For a guy that's 6'4 and 212 pounds, he plays much smaller than his size. You would have liked to see him more consistently win 50-50 battles deep downfield. Another thing that's kind of a red flag is that he catches with his body rather than with his hands. He does block pretty well for his size, but his route tree needs to be expanded at the next level. And he also had minor drop problems, uh, at least in the 2022 season when he had eight drops. Not a huge issue, something that's going to... He can work on it, but that's just the observations I've seen from him. Now, he's also another guy where he has multiple games where you can look at and say they're probably his best games. So in 2022 versus Oklahoma State, he went for eight receptions, 180 yards, and one touchdown. Another honorable mention is against Kansas. He had 14 receptions for 206 yards and one touchdown against Kansas State University. Four targets for 139 receiving yards. And this past year against Michigan in the college football playoffs, he had six receptions for 163 yards and one touchdown. So going on to our last guy, this is going to be Zay Flowers from Boston College. Honestly speaking, this is the one guy that I didn't do as much scouting as as I probably should have. Zay Flowers came to Boston College as a three-star recruit. 
Despite not possessing great size, he plays with a physical demeanor and toughness about him. He showed steady improvement over his time at Boston College. He had his best season in 2022, going for 78 receptions and 1,077 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. Now for positives on Zay Flowers. He proved to be a versatile inside and outside wide receiver at Boston College. He has the route running abilities, explosiveness, and ball skills to be a nightmare wherever he's lined up as for opposing defenders. He's solid at tracking the ball downfield while it's in the air. And to be as small as he is, Flowers is pretty good at coming down with contested catches. He caught 50% of his contested targets in 2022. And he also knows how to leverage off defenders. Now, some negatives about him, first and foremost, is his small frame. And he doesn't possess a big catch radius. And drops at Boston College were an issue as he had 11% drop rate in his college career. He also had a lot of free releases off the line of scrimmage, which begs the question regarding his release packages when pressed. And it's kind of the same issue with Jalen Hyatt. So many people were afraid of his speed downfield that he got a lot of uh, free releases off the line of scrimmage. So we really don't know what he's going to be like when he's going in the NFL against a lot of man coverage. Now, so that begs the question. We've talked about the top five wide receivers, in my opinion. That begs the question, who fits the best? So this really just depends. I mean, the Ravens got a new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, who's shown the ability to adapt his offense to personnel available to him. It's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens go about building a wide receiver room. If they can acquire a true outside wide receiver in a trade, then that might make me lean more towards a technically sound slot wide receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Say the Ravens decide to pick up a smaller slot wide receiver free agency or via a trade, then that might make me lean towards us going with a more traditional X wide receiver like Quentin Johnston, who has a bigger frame and can win on the outsides. It really just depends on the type of wide receiver you're looking for. Now, this is my hypothetical dream scenario for the Ravens. I know it's not going to happen, but I'm going to say it anyways. With Tom Brady retiring, why not call up Tampa Bay and see what it would take to add Mike Evans into the mix? Now, I'm sure he wouldn't mind playing for a contending team, assuming Lamar is the quarterback for the Ravens, and playing with an offensive coordinator who he's familiar with and has had success playing with in the past. If you had a duo of Mike Evans and Rashad Babin on the outsides, Let's assume you drop a guy like Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee in, in with those two guys, a true home run hitting speed demon in the slot. You get Lamar, a true alpha dog wide receiver on Mike Evans, the technician who can play either inside or outside in Rashad Bateman, and your downfield threat in Jalen Hyatt, whom you haven't had since Hollywood Brown departed. That would be my dream scenario for the Ravens 2023 wide receiver room, even though I know the likelihood of it happening is not there. Now, Ravens fans are already complaining about how Lamar getting a contract extension means we can't add a veteran wide receiver, which I just go on the record to say is not true. Ravens have tradable contracts currently on their roster that they could move off to acquire more cap flexibility and draft picks. For fans who don't understand this idea of contract structure, which means whatever deal you sign Lamar long term to, you have the ability to backload the contract if necessary 
to give you the initial flexibility to continue adding to the roster to afford the other players you want and have Lamar's largest cap hits come in effect in years where the team has little to no meaningful free agents that need contract extensions. You can also reduce salaries by cutting some players who have too many cap hits for the upcoming season. The point is that the Ravens have avenues they can take to keep the quarterback they need while also getting the big-time wide receiver they want. We'll see how it all plays out, though. So these were my top five wide receivers in the 2023 NFL Draft class. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jalen Hyatt, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, and Zay Flowers. As of today, the NFL Combine is upon us, so we'll be able to hear more about what players the Ravens are interested in, which wide receivers are either moving up or down draft boards, and even get a sense of what certain teams will be doing with their picks this year. I'm looking at the Chicago Bears. What are they going to do with that number one overall pick? Thanks as always for listening, and I'll be keeping you guys informed on all Ravens-related news and content. Till next time, this has been the Speak Like a Raven podcast.